Welcome to AJHP Voices, a series of discussions with AJHP authors and interviews focused on contemporary practice issues. AJHP is the official journal of ASHP, and its mission is to advance science, pharmacy practice, and health outcomes. Hi, I'm Daniel Koba, the editor-in-chief of AJHP. Welcome to AJHP Voices. Specialty pharmacy is one of the most rapidly growing areas of healthcare with over $323 billion spent each year on specialty medications in the United States. We're here today with the authors of the 2022 Specialty Pharmacy Survey, which was recently published in AJHP. Joining me are Dr. Autumn Zuckerman, Director, Health Outcomes and Research, Vanderbilt Specialty Pharmacy, Dr. Jennifer Donovan, Vice President, Clinical Services, Shields Health Solutions, and Dr. Melissa Ortega, System Vice President, Ambulatory Pharmacy Services, Tufts Medicine. Thanks everyone for joining me today. Autumn, let me get started with you. Maybe if we at a high level could just talk about what the focus was for the 2022 Specialty Pharmacy Survey. Definitely. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited to talk about these results and think that they're really important in practice. This survey really focused on clinical services provided by health system specialty pharmacies, as the name implies. But compared to the first survey that really looked at the structure and the volume and the function of health system specialty pharmacies, this survey filled an important gap that describes what do health system specialty pharmacists do? What do they do for patients that we fill medications for, for patients that we don't fill medications for? How do we communicate with the healthcare providers that we work with and alongside? And what are we doing above and beyond just filling prescriptions and monitoring patients? And then how are we advancing practice in terms of monitoring patients and really finding risk factors for patients who may not be doing as well from therapy or could need a pharmacist intervention. So more of those clinically focused and clinically minded services that are provided. Got it. And we're going to jump into a discussion of several of those over our our time together today. But remind me, who were the participants in this survey? This survey went to health systems, hospitals within health systems, and standalone hospitals, actually 441 contacts within ASHP's listserv. 127 unique organizations actually started the survey, and 90 completed the survey through completion. So the very first question on the survey asked, are you a health system specialty pharmacy? So we're looking at those specialty pharmacies that are integrated within the health system. Jen? Maybe taking a step back just a bit, can you remind us which diseases are most often treated with specialty medications? What population of patients are we talking about here that need these clinical services? Yeah, no, thanks, Dan. These are patients that have chronic, rare, complex conditions that require intensive monitoring and engagement with pharmacists and other clinicians. And examples include autoimmune and inflammatory conditions such as rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, certain types of cancers such as prostate cancer, prostate cancer, and other conditions such as HIV and hepatitis C. And these patients require the monitoring engagement that the specialty pharmacy services provide. That really sets the stage, I think, for really much of the remainder of our discussion when you think about the complexity of these patients and the diseases that they have. 
So, Melissa, based on that and based on the survey results, you know, what are the most common clinical services offered by health system specialty pharmacy programs? Thank you, Dan, for the question. What we found in our survey was really describing the clinical services as part of the patient journey. So what we found, there's really three main categories that describe the services provided, and that's around the pre-treatment phase when a patient initiates specialty medication treatment, managing and ensuring that they are benefiting from those medications, so that monitoring phase, and then that continuation of really ensuring that the patients are benefiting from those medications and meeting those intended outcomes. In addition, to ensuring the clinical appropriateness and ensuring patients are meeting their intended outcomes. There's a really important factor in regards to the medication access and affordability component. So as part of those services, there's also quite a bit of services provided in regards to ensuring that the patients can afford and access those medications as well. Well, and that's really where I wanted to go next. And Probably each of you will want to jump in at some point on this question, but Jen, let me start with you really reacting to what Melissa just said in terms of the financial services that are provided and that heavy emphasis on financial services. Can you delve into that a bit further in terms of why that's necessary for this group of medications or this population of patients? Yeah, it's really paramount to provide financial support and assistance to these patients. These medications are extremely expensive. Oftentimes, out-of-pocket expenses are burdensome and will impact you know, access and patient taking these critical medications. So it's really an essential stewardship to provide these services to improve not only the quality of life and reduce their financial toxicity, but also, you know, to help minimize any type of medication waste to payers. When I think of financial assistance, certainly something that might come to mind immediately, and it's one of the things that you talk about in the paper is prior authorization management. But what you found with the survey results, and I think in your own practices, is that it goes far beyond that. Fair enough? Definitely. Yeah, I think that we are we like to use the term persistent at getting patients on treatment and approved for treatment. We will go from a prior authorization to an appeal, to a second appeal, to a peer-to-peer review if we really think that the patient is needs that medication and will benefit from it. So that is definitely kind of the first step. But then beyond that, we found in the survey that all health system specialty pharmacy respondents stated that they help with patients get copay assistance. And sometimes that's a manufacturer copay card or maybe disease state foundation support. And so some health systems have dedicated financial assistance resources. Some health systems use specialty pharmacists and specialty technicians for that. But everybody said that they really do help. And that's regardless of whether the patient fills the health system specialty pharmacy or not. So really shows the work that we do for patients who fill with us and those who do not to help them afford and access their medications. So, Jen, when you look at the pre-treatment initiation and monitoring services that are provided by health system specialty pharmacies, what did you find in terms of the most common services provided? Yeah, a great point. You know, we found that selecting therapy was a key area observed in our survey results, that we were instrumental in collaborating with providers and selecting therapies. And 
it was really very helpful and essential to use the EHR to complete the clinical screening. Autumn, what would you add to that? Yeah, I think in addition to the the pre-treatment clinical work that health system specialty pharmacies provide, we found that health system specialty pharmacies really monitor patients throughout their treatment course using clinical data. So almost all respondents said that they collect some sort of disease state related outcome. They're tracking and monitoring that. And many over half said that they actually use those disease state metrics in how they provide care. So how frequently they follow up with a patient, what questions they're asking. And I think that that really shows an advanced treatment model where we're not just collecting this data to report it. We are actually using it to improve patient care and patient outcomes. Autumn, on a related note, and Jen made reference to the EMR, and I think even the data that you're talking about, collecting those data uh, to evaluate outcomes, the EMR seems to be a real differentiator when it comes to health system-based specialty pharmacy programs as compared to other types of, of programs. Can you talk a bit more about the role that the the EMR plays in the care of these patients? Definitely. I think it is a huge differentiator, a huge asset. So we are able to combine our fill data that we have through being a specialty pharmacy and what external specialty pharmacies would have with a very rich clinical data set that tells us our patients coming to their appointments, how are they doing with their follow-up? And then when they do come, how is their disease state progressing? I think many health systems have focused on collecting patient-reported outcomes measures. So using those measures in driving how we, again, monitor and care for patients as a pharmacist and a specialty pharmacy is really, again, an advanced level of patient monitoring that is not able to be done outside of the health system specialty pharmacy. Another thing that we found in using the EHR is that we are able to provide transparent documentation. And almost all activities performed by health system specialty pharmacies were documented in the EHR over 85%. So this means that we are really able to share with providers who are prescribing the medication how patients are doing on the medication, if they're experiencing problems, what we're doing to help them access therapy. They can stay informed on, has the patient started medication? And if not, why not? All of that is documented within the EHR by health system specialty pharmacists, which really just makes the team flow and function much better. And I think that that's why we've seen in previous studies that providers are much more highly satisfied with health system specialty pharmacies than external pharmacies. Got it. It's interesting, Melissa, if you sort of just think about some of the topics that we're talking about today, there's just so much interweaving and there's just relationships between all of them. And again, when you think about the EMR and continuity of care, and there was a real emphasis on continuity of of care in the survey. I believe that there were about 25 related questions. Why is that? And and what did you find? Yeah, thank you, Dan, for, for highlighting this. You know, as we were putting together this survey, we had such an emphasis on this because we really wanted to tease out how we are managing the patient holistically and through different episodes of care, what we would consider transitions of care. Autumn highlighted how we lean on the medical record to communicate how the patient is doing in regards to their medications. But there's also a really important component of that story, too. And that's just not managing 
managing the medication, but managing the patient. So the electronic medical record, we saw that more than 70% of specialty pharmacies really lean on the medical record to refer them to another episode of care, another care team member. We also found that more than 69% of our specialty pharmacies were performing more than just the traditional specialty pharmacy services around fulfillment of that medication. And that entails anything from preventative wellness services to chronic disease management that are non-specialty medication related to helping with financial assistance and that care coordination, and then also even participating in discharge activities to ensure that the patient is getting their medications. And is there also a relationship there with the interaction between, so we're talking about specialty pharmacies, but a lot of these patients are also being seen in specialty clinics for if it's a inflammatory disease that they have, or if it's an oncology setting, does the, I would imagine that the management of all of this patient's information, all of their data in the EMR really has the ability to also ensure continuity with the other providers that they're being seen by the other clinics and the health system, for example. Yes, absolutely. We saw that in the survey in regards to not only the utilization of the medical record with the transparency as we're managing the patient, not only for their specialty medications, but maybe other conditions. We also saw this in questions highlighting our role in population health management. So us also providing insight to patients really achieving certain outcomes or even our assessment of social determinants of health and documenting that in the medical record or connecting them with another caregiver. It's interesting, Melissa, you you make the point about population health. And again, I think tying together a number of really important issues in the overall provision of healthcare provision today. Can you talk a bit more about that and the role of population health in the, the specialty pharmacy setting? Yes, absolutely. In the survey, we found that 59% of the respondents had some sort of involvement in managed care activities. So what that means is that um, specialty pharmacy programs are collaborating with their accountable care organizations. They are actively participating in payer contracting or risk-based contracts. And we also saw um, the main uh, component being that more than 50% of our respondents were helping and utilizing some population health tools to perform um, screenings. Got it. Got it. Melissa, it's really interesting. We've really covered the gamut here today. Jen started off talking about diseases, very complex diseases that these patients are confronted with. And then the comprehensive services provided by health system specialty pharmacy programs. But it seems to me that based on the, as I've read the survey results, that that it can go even further than that in terms of the unique role that pharmacists and pharmacy technicians who practice in the specialty pharmacy setting, their roles are unique and really go above and beyond. Is that true? 
Yeah, Dan, you're absolutely right. What we found in the surveys is that health system specialty pharmacies are also involved in managing health costs and we're stewards of the resources. So what I mean by that is they're highly involved with waste avoidance efforts. We found that 97% of our health system specialty pharmacy programs are connecting with the patient prior to the next refill where they're performing not only outreach, but adherence management. Further, we noted that 80% of our health system specialty pharmacies are performing clinical interventions. So they're intervening, ensuring that the medications are appropriate, the dose is appropriate for the patient, for the disease state, for the indications. And then lastly, we also noted that they're intervening at a point in time prior to benefit investigation or fulfillment of prescriptions. So if you think about all the downstream processes, they're really helping really minimize waste. Well, with all of this in mind, really provision of advanced care related to pre-treatment initiation and monitoring, ensuring continuity of care, ensuring that there's appropriate financial management for the patients, their interactions with the other providers that are also responsible for their care. There are probably unmet needs as well that you picked up on through the survey and that you also pick up on through your own practices. What are some of the unmet needs that you found? In really interconnecting with not only a medical record, but a lot of new digital health technologies that are on their way and how we can better engage with two-way communications with the patient. I think that's an opportunity. Like I stated before, I think most specialty or at least 50% of specialty pharmacy programs have really started to collaborate with other departments and and really focused in on managing the, the patient through screening tools. But how do we take that additionally and continue to build upon that to really interconnect the entire patient journey? Autumn, what would you add? Yeah, I think those are great points that we could definitely develop. In addition to those, I would say not many, about 50% of respondents actually said that they use a collaborative pharmacy practice agreement in at least some of their clinics. So I think increasing our CPPAs because of our integration, we are set up to do that. In addition to billing for those services is something that health systems could focus on. Also, more of a focus on social determinants of health. I think that's really important. We found that almost all sites collect SDOH variables, um, but most of them are related to finances, which makes a lot of sense because we're trying to help patients access and afford their medications. But if they're picking between their medications and putting food on the table or, or transportation to get to the appointment, how can we step in there? And I think that that was a room for growth. And then the last piece is that we really, and we haven't talked about it quite yet, but We really showed that health system specialty pharmacists are a resource for providers in the clinic and that we provide education to providers in clinic. And that is, again, way above and beyond just filling medications, right? But most health system specialty pharmacies reported not publishing on the work that they do. And it is definitely hard to generate that data, to analyze that data and put it into manuscript form. But I think that that's really necessary to demonstrating our value to all stakeholders. So we really need to grow our capabilities to be able to do that. And a great point to end on. That's all the time we have today. I wanna thank Dr. Autumn Zuckerman, Dr. Jennifer Donovan, and Dr. Melissa Ortega for joining us to discuss their article 
2022 ASHP Survey of Health System Specialty Pharmacy Practice Clinical Services, which was recently published on HHP.org. Please join us here each month for discussions on contemporary practice issues and interviews with HHP authors. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your colleagues and via your social media of choice. Thank you for listening to AJHP Voices. For more information about AJHP, the premier source for impactful, relevant, and cutting-edge professional and scientific content that drives optimal medication use and health outcomes, please visit AJHP.org.